back to the Millennials Ruined Podcast, and as always, I am your host, Patrick, joined by Steph and Anna. What Hello. up? Hey, guys. How are you guys doing? Not too shabby. Can't complain. You know, yeah. life's going on. Yeah, pretty good. So, I got some uh, fun facts for you guys today. Yay, facts! Our top... Thank you, Steph. Our topic <laughs> is hunting. Millennials ruin hunting. I'm so excited. So... Uh, I think all of our stats are going to be kind of similar. So there's a large decline uh, in hunter hunting going on right now. So in 1991, we saw a bit of a peak in uh, number of hunters in the United States. This is just the United States uh, of 14 million uh, hunters. But after a survey in 2016, that has declined to... 11 and a half million and there's fear that number could drop off even more key point is a lot of um baby boomers are a huge portion of those hunters and a lot of people who hunt stop hunting they'll hang up their stuff they'll stop hunting after the age of 65 it usually. is tough to hunt specifically I mean. if you have a mobility scooter that, yes, I, I would find you know not Once a lot your of eyesight goes. And not a, not a lot of I feel ramps. like it's less of an issue. I mean, Dick Cheney killed it out there. <laughs> you know, not a lot of duck blinds have uh, wheelchair ramps, so it fair point can be difficult. Honestly, uh, though, that would be the easiest of all of the. But anyways, yeah, to, to like wheel yourself <laughs> yeah, into just the wheel blind. into a duck blind, and they just shove you offshore. That'd be fantastic. You'd have a cooler yeah. full of beer, your griddle on one end, make a bacon, and then you can duck on it. You could even do one of those business idea. Genius. God, I'd be a millionaire by now. Dude, what? all you have to do is one of the lie down ones. You know that you like pop out of. The people are, and you don't even have to move at all. But you gotta open. Yep. Yeah, well, you also have to lift up. Sit up. Well, you just sit Anna, up. I think, that's hard for old Anna, people. Anna, I think you're underestimating how difficult of a task that might be. I feel like old people have a hard time sitting up. That's why they're yeah. in the mobility scooter. Yeah, they're already sitting up. Any, <laughs> anyways, after so damn, as right. baby boomers who make most of that um, hunting population are reaching that we'll call it critical sixty-five age, so. There, so people are predicting there's going to be a huge drop-off. I'd be really interested to know um, statistically the percentage of people within, yeah, the age, ra age range of being able to, like, there's a certain quantity of people within that age range, right? How, what percentage of that age range is hunting like if we're talking about the baby boomer era or whatever that's going to be a lot of people that are dropping out right just the quantity of people yeah but i wonder if the percentage the actual percentage of people hunting is the same or different i don't have those stats for you. <laughs> i think we <laughs> didn't have to admit that i was just throwing it into out the there void. man yeah and like, do you feel done. like people you know are stopping hunting or like they're not teaching their kids how to hunt or like I didn't come from a family that hunted ever. Neither. Well, not none of my immediate family. Yeah, I guess I should say my dad pheasant hunted for a little short period of time when his friends were into it. Um, And I know he would go again if asked, but he's not going to do it by himself. Mm. That's sad. It's an American icon. It's a tradition. Oh. I've it's always like American wanted pie. to go. <laughs> right? I've always wanted to go. I have to get my license. I'm going to get my license. Yeah, I'm going to get around to that. I asked yeah. both of you guys to get your license like eight months ago. 
How'd that go? It's it's top of my priorities list. Yeah, I can it's, tell. I can tell. I know. Yeah, Nothing else has happened in eight months. That's, I get it. Sorry, it was right below getting my motorcycle license. That came first. <laughs> so I checked that one off for the summer. I feel like hunting is yeah. slightly safer than driving a motorcycle. Getting engaged kind of had to go above that, too. So. That one I can understand. <laughs> That's a little bit of a bank drainer right there. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Um. Well, Steph, so just so the audience knows, you are the only hunter in our yes, group here that is accurate so what let, let's just get a little quick background what kind of hunting do you do so kind of everything um i grew up duck hunting and grouse hunting um and bow hunting i'm not a huge fan of gun deer hunting nothing against people who do it's just to me i like bow hunting a little just bit a more yeah a lot of people i know say that it's well one of the reasons is it's hunting season comes around Every snot-nosed 12-year-old with their new hunting license goes out. And, like, I don't need them taking pot shots, me, in my full camo (laughs) setup. So I just tend to avoid the woods. I also like to genuinely hunt when it's not balls-ass cold outside. Mm, That's kind of the other other benefit of bow hunting. Got it. What's the season for that? Um, It starts in... Oh, God, I'm going to get crucified here. But it starts in August... And then it goes pretty late. Is that so state by state? Right. Or it's state, state by state, state by yeah. Okay. So we're in, and it so var- in Wisconsin. And it, ten- it, it can vary year to year. Um, oh. I know this year they actually shortened a couple hunting seasons. They shortened grouse right. season and they shortened um, duck season. And that's Dude. just for population yes. control. Right. Got it. Exactly. Well, then we got deer hunting season. It oh. starts this weekend? Yes, it does. It does. Yes, sir, it does. Oh, but wow. right before Thanksgiving. Woohoo! Bringing on, bringing on the bacon or venison. There it is. Yeah. Woo. There you go. See, you're a hunter. Already. Yeah, but you you cover I mean, the course. You're good. Well, I did go to school in Iowa for several years. I learned a thing or two there. All My, you have is corn. All you can do is hunt corn. You hunt no. calories. I went out. I went out with hunters in Iowa, but I didn't hunt myself. I was just along for the yeah. walk along. My cousins mm. still hunt. I have a few family members on my mom's side that still hunt, and they, they've. They want me to go. I've just, I never got my license. I never got around to it. Actually, funny story. So I, we have our like family Christmas gathering every year. And uh, like maybe three or four, this is a few years into dating Abby. This may have been like junior or senior year of college. Um, and Abby was coming to join me. We both drove separately. This is in the Wisconsin Dells. So I get there and I'm already joining joining all my cousins in like one of the hotel rooms. We're just drinking and kind of talking. And then my cousin uh, turns to me and he's like, Hey Patrick, what's, uh, what's Abby's opinion on hunting? I was like, <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, she would go hunting. And she has nothing against it. Yeah. She'd be totally down for it. Wait, you would ask her to go hunting before you <laughs> asked me to go hunting. And that's when I knew. Yep. My mom's family likes Abby more than me. <laughs> that says something doesn't it what a yeah. way to find out Oof. that's brutal buddy yeah. that's brutal so, i've come to accept that now so well that's good i mean the first that's the first step right <laughs> the first key is acceptance the, the, the other sign was when my little cousin evie same same christmas gathering uh runs up to me i'm like hey evie and she's like where's Abby? Good to see you too. <laughs> what a great Christmas that was! Yeah, God, point. you're killing it yeah, with the family. Jesus. Yeah, very, very popular. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, I would totally go hunting. I've just never ha- really had that opportunity. Right. Well, then it's 
a big investment when you first start to get all your equipment and all right. that. Oh yeah, it's there, not cheap. Barrier, yeah, and especially if like nobody in your family. Right, so you like don't have hand me downs. Like, nobody really does it unless somebody, unless their like parents did it. Right, right, exactly. It's and very true, and that's just inherently just going to decline over time because you're gonna you're gonna lose more people than gain more people. Right, generally, I agree. But so circling back to the whole millennial portion of it, what do you guys think is the main cause of that decline from like an us perspective? From us, like on the front lines. I think it's more just there's, uh, well, one thing is more less people. Obviously, people who hunt generally are from more rural areas. It's a fair point. Mm-hmm. Less and less millennials are choosing. More millennials are choosing to live in highly populated urban areas. So mm-hmm. there's just this. Okay, Anna. <laughs> I hate the city. I hate living there. Too bad you're employed yeah. there. Know, Unfortunately. Right? Sadly, yes. Doesn't uh, require me. Anyways. Okay. But yeah, so there's more people like living in cities. So there's just that demographic of uh, what you would think a hunter is, is like declining among mm-hmm. millennials. So that's one thing. The other is just there's other entertainment options. You know, it's just getting the right. entertainment what entertains us millennials is becoming more and more diverse. So, you know, hunting takes a backseat. Right. And I get that. I think it's, it is one of those things where you don't, you can go hunting alone. Not a lot of people do, but it's a lot more fun when it's like, for example, we have a hunting weekend every year. It's me, my dad, my cousins, my uncles, we all get together and we all spend the, I mean, we tell the same stories. We drink the same beer, (laughs) we hunt the same stuff and we kill the same animals. And it's fantastic. But I just feel like if you don't have that camaraderie behind it, it's less special. Right. You know, that's kind of my appeal to close enough to the link there stuff. That's my, that's my, uh, why I would want to go hunting was more of that part. Not so much like the actual hunting. Obviously, I would probably enjoy it. But just that, oh, you get to go up north. You get to spend time with either family, usually family, friends. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you spend the long long portion of the day out hunting and then you come back in, you know, you have some good food. If you killed, maybe something you killed, you eat it. Exactly. And drink some good beer. Right. And it's fantastic. It's perfect. It's like a perfect weekend. I think uh, for me, I'd love to go, well, and I'm on the trying to, or kind of on a huge health kick or whatever right now. And I think it'd be interesting to get a decent sized portion of your meals from something like you killed yourself yeah um, absolutely like it with all of the you know concerns with where we're getting our meat these days and stuff like that like you can go to farm to table places and everything but wouldn't it be nice to take down one elk a year or something like that and feed yourself <laughs> for a long for a, time mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely i think it- just that experience too is like oh because it gets to that root like human thing that hunter-gatherer thing with humans so i don't know if modern day hunters get that feeling if you can attest to that yeah it's it's it there is a little bit like primeval vibe going on for sure but again it's more of it is like a big it is a big chunk of it's the camaraderie thing you're out there with your relatives and you know, you're doing this stuff, and, like, if you bag an animal, that's great. If you don't, you still had a fun time spending time mm-hmm. with them. So it's a successful right. weekend regardless of what happens. 
Right. It's now turned into more of a... Social gathering. Yeah. Versus a necessity thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, here's a slight counterpoint. Not a counterpoint. Here's another point. Um, I also think that one of the reasons that this statistic exists, that millennial hunters are declining, is that millennials in general are just less interested in owning firearms. That's so sad. Really? Yeah. That's so well, sad. I believe it. I honestly believe that. I don't have any numbers to back that statement up. But <laughs> so we're going to take I'm, it with a grain of salt. I am shooting from the hip here. But um well I was I've read stuff that tries I guess that's not as sure as you would think it is like Yeah, I wanted to say that that's not necessarily, necessarily true. true. Cuz like not as that's big a, as you think it would be. Mm-hmm, yeah, something like that. Right. I want that's like my gut instinct right now. I feel like I've heard a statistic about this. No, um, well, like researching for this, I was reading. Uh, I was just going through headlines, and one of them at least was trying to make that argument. So I'm not gonna. I'm gonna try my best not to uh, back it up because I didn't actually read it. And, 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 <laughs> well done. And, and Good it might have been. We art- really did our homework and, on this. And, one. It, and it might have been an article by the NRA, so maybe a little bias. So, <laughs> see, that's a problem I feel with a lot of the research that comes in. It's trying to take a stand one way or the other, sure. Especially yeah. on something like firearms, which is very divisive. You know, oh, yeah. it div- it's very dividing. It's you either are absolutely for you want unconstrained or you want them all gone. Yeah. And there are people in the middle for sure, but those are the two people who are screaming the loudest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're just you're not gonna get any. I feel like you're not getting any good facts. You know, it's just yeah. when I go to a gun store, which I spend a lot of time at. I don't, I rarely, if ever, see anyone my age. That's, it's yeah. always people like 55 and older. Sure. Right. And to me, yeah. that's just like my own personal experience of like why I threw yeah. that out there. Like Grant and I, uh, a friend of ours, Grant, for the audience, uh, who's also a big uh, gun person, Steph is also a big gun person. <laughs> um, yeah, you too. Huge. Uh, but anyways, we went to, I think it was a Cabela's is when I was visiting them. Um, and yeah, now no, I think about it, we were definitely the youngest people in there by like, 10 years. Right. And that's the reason I threw that out is just, I just don't, from me, from like being out there, I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. And occasionally yeah. I'll run across someone, but it's not nearly as, it's me yeah. and 55 year old men named Mike and Joe. <laughs> right. You know. But then again, like Abby's uh, brother gave, um, already gave her three-year-olds, his three-year-old son a hunting license because you can legally do that in Wisconsin. Now. Oh, boy. <laughs> that's not a joke, though. <laughs> like, like, sorry I mean, if I offend some of the, like, hardcore hunters out there. But there's a certain age. Like, if your child doesn't have fine motor skills yet. <laughs> 12 is actually, you're, if you're under the age of 12, you can't, like, own a firearm in any way. You can have a hunting license? Yeah. You can. You can sign up your infant to have a hunting license. Which is fucking stupid. Oh, no, that was just just something they made so they could say, like, legally that child can't, like, fire a gun. can't even hold a goddamn gun. (laughs) Exactly. It was just something they made. You can't hold a fucking pacifier. I don't know why they made it, but my guess is they just (laughs) made it so people could start saying that they... Right. Wisconsin's like, fuck you guys. (laughs) This is how we do it. Yeah. It's just a bullshit thing yeah california did something stupid so wisconsin's like oh yeah just watch counter- this <laughs> it's a dick measuring contest at this point that's all it is <laughs> it always is. it's a it state dick yeah. measuring contest yeah. Yeah. that's what it always boils down to when i was looking into how to get my hunting license i did like the fact though that there was like a date set or a year i guess it would be where you could 
you didn't have to get a license. Yeah. So my grandpa falls under that category. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he never had to have one, It was like technically. grandfathered in sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think is amazingly hilarious and mildly terrifying. Right, like, my, my dad's been hunting for, I mean, damn near his entire life. He's never gotten a hunting license. Right. So, like, really? it was, yeah. It was just but then if you those... think about it, like, everybody's that's worried funny. about, like, you know, gun statistics and all that stuff. And, oh, you know, people are being killed so well, more, much I, more often and stuff like that, and then yet, you know, having... <laughs> well, you don't need a hunting license to own a gun, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a valid point. And I, going back to, like, the gun Duh. issue, <laughs> I feel good. like, though, when it comes to that's owning weird. a gun for hunting, like, across the board, my guess would be everyone's view is pretty neutral. Like, everyone can agree, like, oh, yeah, like, if you want to buy a rifle or, uh, like, a shotgun for hunting... That makes a lot of sense. Like, mm-hmm. I I feel like everybody can agree on that. If we can agree on anything, it's when it comes to guns. It's like, oh yeah, if you want to own a gun, like a rifle or a shotgun for hunting, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that seems like a reasonable. That's a reasonable reason to own a gun. I genuinely right. agree with that statement. Yeah, yeah, I do. The controversy. We we're not going to get into it. The controversy yeah. comes when you get into the upper echelon of that's for another weapons. time i have i have strong time. opinions we, on this i room. know we there's strong opinions in this room and we're gonna we're gonna hold them down god <laughs> hold damn them down, all right Steph. all right i'll see if my grandpa wants to come on i think he owns like <laughs> 30 40 guns probably yep. something like that exactly right strong and, opinions yes. so anyways back to hunting all right back to hunting so what did we did we talk about what your favorite kind of hunting is Steph? Um, personally, I'm torn, but well, actually it's not torn. It's gross hunting. Um, grouse. Yeah. They're like a pheasant, but smaller and faster. Mm-hmm. So it's harder. Is yeah. that what bow you like about it? Or gun yes. Hunting. What? Bow hunting or gun hunting? It, uh, bow hunting would be factually very challenging with I that. was going to say, I don't um, think you they, could Well, it. I was going to, you said you bow hunt. So I, I do. Like, I yeah. do. God, are you <laughs> yeah, right. actually bow hunting? No. <laughs> that would God, be amazing. I, you get on a skewer, you just hold it over the fire. It'd be great. I Yeah, I would. Yes, I would retire from my job right now and sell YouTube videos. But um, no, yeah, it's shotgun. Um, it's fun in the regard that. You don't, I like it because you don't sit. It's not like you're sitting in, and nothing against sitting mm-hmm. in blinds. And I, I'm, I like that as well, but you're walking the woods and yeah. it, you don't, you're not, it's not absurd hours of like, I was turkey hunting last year and my dad and I had to wait. I mean, we woke up at three 30 in the morning to get out to that blind. Cause you got to get out there, get it set up and wait for like Sunday. Cause you, turkey's really your most active before the sun comes up like, really? right right. It comes up hmm. or right when it goes down. I don't want to hunt at night. Yeah. Um, so, like, you got to wake up super early. With grouse, they're like a nine to five bird. <laughs> which is amazing. Perfect. It's perfect. For, you <laughs> that, wake up. That is my kind of animal. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Um, so, yeah, that's. Uh, that's <laughs> it gets up in time where I can get a coffee. <laughs> I can get my breakfast down. I can, like, do my morning constitutional. I can, like, oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> It's perfect. So, yes, that's why it's kind of my favorite type of hunting. Well, I was actually talking to a coworker just today about um, he's going up hunting this weekend. And his favorite thing was uh, not so much the actual hunting, but just being out there. Oh, God, yeah. And his favorite thing is like when, when you get up, you're super early before the sun gets up. You get set up in the blind and everything's super quiet. And you... Uh, the sun starts peeking out and all the animals start coming out, uh, all the deer and birds and like 
you are a part of it. They don't even like notice you. That that was like his favorite part. Of oh, uh, that one. I I one hundred percent agree. There's there's something really unique about when you when you're out there and you're trying to be quiet, especially when you're turkey hunting or um, deer hunting or something where you're you're trying not to move a whole lot. Yeah. And you wake up and you get out there and just like you said, it's right before the dawn, right before activity. You don't ever realize how much is going on in the forest when like a human isn't present. I mean, oh, it is yeah. the amount of stuff going on is unbelievable. And it's just it, it's like the best TV show you could ever have <laughs> because you'd sit you can sit there for hours and there's always something going on. Mm-hmm. It's just really entertaining. So people who are like, well, deer hunting is really boring to so just sit there for hours. It's like that's not true. When I feel like human beings have an inherent need to be out in nature and with like today's society and stuff, most people don't get to have that on a daily basis, you know? Right. So it's just so, it's so important Mm -hmm. to take time to just be a part of the natural world and not concrete and the hustle and bustle and the screaming of, you know, the city. Completely detuning from society is like, um, I'd always felt it's like a very mentally yeah. healthy kind of thing. I to feel do. Like, oh, for sure. And then like, I feel like something that's underestimated is like just across the board. The thing is like, seems to never decline is, uh, people's appreciation for nature. Mm. Cause you absolutely see that any generation. Right. Put into us. Yeah. I think necessity. Yeah. Absolutely. Just by the amount of like earth pics I see on Instagram. <laughs> 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 But, you know, they're, they're, and then there's just this general, like, vibe among people to, like, for conservation. It is just, like, always, like, a positive topic among can, people. Can we talk about conservation for a minute? Sure. I think that I think that's a really good segue. Um, because I think it's a lot, it's, it tends to be misconstrued that people who hunt do damage to the environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's sure. genuinely the opposite way oh, around. Yeah. That's how they get their funding. Right, exactly. It's the people who really care about hunting will put all of their effort forward to conserve what they want to hunt. No one's going to go out there. I mean, no hunter wants to go out there and no true hunter wants to go out there and slay an entire deer population. Oh, no. Because then there's nothing left next year. You want to preserve and you want to make it grow and you want to have something to like pass on. And I feel like that's something that's just, it's overlooked. Exactly. And then the same thing is... I mean, especially with deer hunting, like hunting is effectively population control. Absolutely. Right. You know, every year people who study this come out before the season. They're like, okay, so deer populations at about this much. So we're going to need to either it needs to gain or usually needs to be declined ever so much. So this is what the season's going to be like you were saying, you know, it changes year to year right? so that they can account for, okay, if it's open for this long, this is how much of the population might decline immediately. So here's how future populations project. So yeah, there's a whole system to it. People study this all year long. So, and I feel like yeah, definitely that's something that's overlooked. Absolutely. Well, and it, if we didn't have, you know, hunters that went out for sport or for food or whatever you want to say that they're going out for, there's, Definitely been periods in time, like in our, I can't remember now, I'm kind of kicking myself, that I can't remember what type of deer it was and what state it was actually in, but they literally had pe- like snipers out flying in a helicopter around to shoot certain populations because they were so, there was too many of them. You, mm-hmm. uh, I think you may be thinking of wild boar. Maybe. 
There's a, I thought there was like a mule, like a mule deer or something like that. Um, that was for a time period overpopulated and like they literally just gunned them down. Oh, and yeah. then it, well, the meat you, gets wasted. You know, the, there's not the bonding experience that families have, stuff like that. I would much rather have people who are really going to appreciate right. the yeah. animal and what they're doing or whatever Well, be that, out there doing that. That's why uh, I think it was a couple of years ago, Wisconsin brought back wolf hunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that was oh, a great really? thing. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was the wolf population was getting too out of control, especially oh. in the northern states or northern part of the state. Um and they figured the best way to do that was Open to make hunting. money on it and regulate hunting. And they give yeah. out, you're, it's like getting a turkey license or a bear license. You have to apply and you might not get it. Mm-hmm. But if you do get it, then you're, out, you're allotted a certain section of land, a certain time to hunt, and you get one animal. Yeah, and, and it's uh, essentially a tag. It's a tag, yeah. right. And it's, that's, I mean, it's a great way to, one, regulate how much is out there. Mm-hmm. And two, it's a great way to generate revenue then for conservation because those aren't cheap. Like right. some of that stuff is not cheap. Getting bear tags and things like that for bigger animals. Mm-hmm. The rarer it is right. or whatever, the less you are allowed yeah. to hunt. Or... Right. Well, and then uh, at the same like article where I'm getting the stats, um, they actually feature Wisconsin uh, specifically. What, so, they're, what? Uh, so they're talking about how Wisconsin and a lot of other states have to kind of restructure how they're doing their conservation funding mm-hmm. because of this decline of hunting, and they're guessing it's going to keep heading that direction so it's more now they're trying to just figure out okay if this money this is where a lot like something like 60 percent of their money is coming from you know hunting and and all that for their all their conservation experts so it's about you know restructuring how you know they're going to fill that funding when we're we're talking about funding let's throw out another uh let's put another kink in this one what about tourism I mean, there are certain, yeah. there are certain, yeah. think about Montana. There are towns in Montana that rely solely on people oh, going yeah. out there to hunt elk. Oh, only, for sure. Only reason people go there. Right. Or Alaska. Like bear hunting is such a big part of, oh, yeah. you know, the, the, um, the economy up there. Because when you're going up there, it's not every Joe Schmo is going bear hunting. They're going up there to spend like 40 grand. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. They're right, serious. Exactly. People yeah. who go like travel that far. Yeah. They're, they are serious. They hunters. want they want a bear. They want a bear, and they're gonna pay an exorbitant amount of money to do it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. to me, you know what? One animal to generate fifty thousand dollars worth of money for yeah. that local community is fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, and then you get you know maybe if the guy go say the dad. This is all cliche, but say the dad's going or whatever, and decides to bring his wife and his kids or whatever, and the wife's like, eh, "I'm really not that into hunting, honey. I'll let you go with your." guy friends and stuff like that but she goes into town right and she really likes the town she's like oh my god honey we should come back again and have a family trip here instead you know not just for whatever and then maybe she goes home and tells all her friends about it right and then they start going or whatever you know there's so many different uh advantages to something like that you know absolutely absolutely tourist towns like that that attract big big time hunters Mm -hmm. I mean, they thrive during hunting season. And then when you take hunting season away, they completely shut down. Right. What happens when, well, if the hunting rate declines, people aren't going to want to spend that kind of money to go on these trips. Those poor towns are just going to get decimated, you know? Yeah. But it's it's one of those things. It's like you can't, you know, force interest into something. True. No, so, right. you can. My dad forced interest in me to learn how to swim. I had no interest <laughs> in what? how to swim. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I did not want to learn how to swim because I did not think it was necessary because you could just get your ass in a boat. I was a smart kid. 
Yeah, uh-huh, sure, until you fall what out of that boat? boat. Yeah, the Titanic. What's the boat sink? The Titanic was way back in the day. That, that won't happen again. Oh, my God. Or just oh don't God. go in did water. You not, did you not see all those stories of cruise ships, like, tipping? I'm sorry. I don't know how this is turning into your <laughs> lack of interest in swimming. Also, I'm a little, as a, as a competitive swimmer, I'm a little, former, little <laughs> offended. <laughs> I'm sorry, but he forced my interest in swimming. I would have just thrown you in the pool. He did. Yes. And he was like, you, you have to be interested because you got to learn how to swim. And I was like, no, fuck that. Yeah, no. so you don't die. My dad didn't yeah. learn how to swim until uh, embarrassingly old age. Can you say the age? No, because I think he'd kill me. Abby doesn't really know how to swim. What? <laughs> yeah. How does she not know how to swim? She, you Never have learned. to know how to swim. You have to know. Well, you know I don't what? get it. Anna, you can tell her. I've been trying. I'll... She won't let me teach her. I taught my sister. I'll teach her. I'm more than happy to. I feel like okay. no offense. Maybe, maybe I feel like Pat's slightly more yeah. qualified as a. You know, I, oh, I try to teach. <laughs> I well, I did teach uh, swim lessons in high school, um, but that was to like show off to like ten. <laughs> Five to ten year olds. Oh so. my god, that'd be adorable if you acted the same way towards Emmy. <laughs> Come on now, kids. Shot no, shot no, timber. She would, she would, she would, oh my god. She would punch I me in the days. face really quick. Also, most anytime I try to attempt to learn her, teach her how to swim, she's just staying like just saying oh well, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. I'm like, Abby, we're in four feet of water. Yeah. And you uh, have a natural instinct. To avoid water. Yes, exactly. I, I would honestly... Exactly. Do, we, do human beings, and we should really get off this after this, but do human beings have a natural instinct on how to swim? No. Uh, baby, no, we have a yeah, natural... Yeah, babies inst- do, don't we, they? No, they have a natural they instinct float. to hold their breath underwater. Oh, I thought they like could... Oh, you can teach your infant to float. Yes. I don't know if people They're, are really putting that as a science experiment. Have you ever seen those videos? They're freakishly weird. No, I haven't, but I can't picture anyone's parents like, all right, Junior, get in the goddamn two pool. Uh, Two-year-olds well, uh, learn no, how to... No, I call bullshit. You could totally see Craig doing that. Oh, that wasn't... I wasn't an infant. I was like five or four or whatever. <laughs> I like I had that much better. 18. <laughs> 21. It's fine. But this was last year. <laughs> I had an opinion that I didn't want to learn how to do it. Oh my god, that's just yeah. well. Anyways. This seems like it should be its own podcast. Yeah. Well, I, all right. Can we? All right, can we? Hold on. Can we? Can we stick with the water theme? Sure. If you want to Why, talk fishing? about yeah, because that's just hunting with a boat. Right. And you can use it. Can you use a crossboat of fish and you, stuff? You shit can too? use a boat I've, of fish. I've seen videos. I have never done that because I would not want to waste my arrows on that. Well, they're yeah. attached to a string, aren't they? Yes. yes. A line. I'm yes. sorry. A line, not a string. Oh my <laughs> gosh, so many people in the comments. Said, it's called a line, not a string. Yeah. yeah. No, Anna, they're actually connected with yarn. <laughs> right. <Okay. laughs> you have nice, a giant ball of yarn yeah. clipped onto the side of your belt that you shoot these arrows <laughs> from. But, um, yes, I have seen people do it. I am not good enough with a bow to even remotely right. attempt that. Also, there's this thing called like light refraction where you look at the water and you see where the fish is, but that's not actually where right. the fish you need, is. You need right. polarized there's... sunglasses. Oh, is that how they... Oh. No way, really? Mm-hmm. No, I believe it. Okay. Yep, you need polarized sunglasses. That's a huh. really big thing for like fishing yeah. people. That's cheating. Is it though? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's cheating to use Anna. a bow. I mean, yeah, like, maybe. That's fine. Yeah, just I get saw. in there with your hands. Yeah, Anna, if we're gonna co- let's compare like bow 
bow fishing versus like regular fishing, and then you tell me which one is cheating. Right. <laughs> With pole, I mean, like, I mean, yeah. If you're gonna say that, just noodling is like the natural way to <laughs> yeah. do it. Dangle your fucking hand in the water, hope something bites that isn't a piranha. <laughs> Jesus. You only have three fingers by the age of 35. Yeah, but what a story. I'm sorry, noodlers. I'm not being, trying to be offensive. I'm just trying to be funny, <laughs> which I fail at most of the time. Well, I've been fishing. Have you guys been fishing? I love fishing. Yes, never legally. Oh, no, I did fish legally for like a year because we had I'm... outdoor ed and we had to get a fishing license. But other than that. I'm so turning well, your ass into the until... cops. We never ate anything. Actually, I remember this. We... Um, when you turn, if you're under 16, you don't need a fishing license. Truth. I was older than 16. Don't oh. come for me. How old were you, Anna? For the, right, just I, for the police report. I was like, yeah, eight. right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> we fished with peas and corn off of our pier, okay? <laughs> and we threw you're everything back. Big ass shit with we that. We literally yeah. threw them all back. I caught a bass once. Wow. That might have been with a lure, though. That I once, was, I yes, once that uh, was. went fishing on Lake Michigan, like uh, where you know one of those tours. Yeah, uh, my uncle, a couple other family members were in town, and we went out there, uh, caught some salmon. It was kind of an overcast, shitty day, but caught like eleven salmon, and then like I think I had the biggest one. It was like something like this. Holy big. shit! Yeah, this big. Sorry, is a, sorry. This sorry. is a radio show. <laughs> I, I'm holding my hands up in a almost as large as I am. It's a Kinzel-sized fish. Except that's not yeah, helpful either. That's not helpful either. <laughs> Nobody, it's, it's like we're gonna, five foot we're gonna two. We're going to say four feet. How many feet is it? Maybe two, three feet? Three and a half, four feet. Yeah, I'd mm. give you that. Yeah. That's what your arms are holding anyway. It's a good size steelhead, man. Yeah. So we we caught like 11. I may be over It may have been like something like that. I don't know. Uh, yeah, watch. Someone's going to come in and be like, um, salmon only grow to be two and a half feet long. Yeah, right. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't know how, but but they were big. It was a big fish. They, and <laughs> yeah, then, like when we were done, you know, they chop it up and prepare it for you to take home. We right. did not finish all that salmon. We had way too much <sighs> salmon. Smoke some of that shit. Mm. That's, that's I think so we had good. some of it smoked. That's awesome. A coworker just brought in smoked fish the other day, or smoked salmon the other day, and I was like, "Can you please smoke me like eight fillets of this, <laughs> please?" <laughs> See, and I don't know. I feel like. In some respects, fishing can actually be more fun than hunting. I ice, guess it's kind yeah. of a sim- it's almost a similar unless situation. So, unless it's ice fishing. Ice fishing fucking sucks. Yeah, ice fishing. I want to go. No. Do you ice fish, I, Steph? I, I, my dad does. Oh, I ice fish. You can hang out with, he, you can hang out with Craig. Say, I don't think Craig's gonna uh, want me to tag along. <laughs> you can hang out with my dad. I went ice fishing as a kid, and I hated it because it was so fucking cold. Would you not have one of the? Do you not have like a... No, well, we had a tent. We yeah. had a tent. Oh. there were, And then the only sort of heating apparatus... This is for like Boy Scouts or something. Oh, fuck. And, okay. um, and then the only sort of like heating apparatus we had was a lamp. Oh, so my God. Literally, <laughs> the shit? Legs All literally wrong. went numb. I, I was just like, we were done. I sprinted back to okay. the car. I want to make this a point. That's not normalized fishing. Yeah. Normalized fishing, you, you go out to like a shanty town and you have like your ice shanty there. And it's got like, <laughs> I've been in somewhere. They have a flat screen TV. Oh, it's hooked yeah. up to a generator. Kind of they got a space heater and they have lazy boy chairs. Oh my God. And yeah. so they sit, they drink beer, they watch TV and they put their pole like in a lock next to their chair. So it's really, mm-hmm. you're in your living room drinking beer. Yeah. But occasionally you might have to catch a fish. <laughs> that's what. That um, I want to do. That's something I want to do. That's ice fishing. Which it may, this may or may not be a 
joke, but a family friend of ours, they have a really, really nice uh, cabin up on a lake. And they said they do ice fishing, but what they do, because the downstairs is on the ground floor, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's like their basement, so it's got sliding glass doors that open up straight out onto the grass or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so they wand. sit, they put their, <laughs> they put their poles into little holders by the edge of the lake and then they go back and they sit inside on the couch facing, right, so they're watching it for <laughs> facing out the window. So then once they see us, the poles start bobbing, one of them runs out there. And right. There are it. very ingenious ways to go about ice fishing that don't involve you in a tent with a lantern. I want to go though. I just like. There's certain things I want to check off my list, and that is definitely one of them I yeah. want to do Again, ice fishing. Again, you can go ice fishing with Craig. I don't want to go with Craig. I accidentally introduced myself to the wrong person when I met your dad for the first yeah. time. Yeah, that's actually really so, funny. Awkward relationship already. Yeah, and I've <laughs> never seen him after that, ever. That's a fair point. So it was great. <laughs> so what I like seeing uh, during the winter when I was in school, I went to school in Madison, uh, Wisconsin, for anyone wondering, um, was... Seeing all the people on the lake, ice fishing on the lake. Yeah. Aww. And um, it was always a fun game to see how long people would bring their, not only their tents, but like their trucks out there. Yeah. And see how late into the spring they go before they're like, nah, I probably should bring that back. Dude, it still freaks me. Like, I, I know that there's like logical reasoning behind it all and everything and the ice is so thick. So then they know yeah. that they can drive out. But putting a truck... On a freaking piece of ice with wa- like and so, and 50 feet of water like, underneath it. It's like feet thick. I so, get that, but it still like gets me at like I'm just like I, the anxiety level is high, guys. So as a high. kid, Anna, Anna, you're an engineer. You can figure this out. I know logically it. it this is see. This is the battle I constantly <laughs> have with myself. <laughs> logically, I know it's true. However, I don't <laughs> emotionally. This shouldn't work. Okay, yeah. here's the takeaway. Here's what we always did as a kid. So as a kid, we had a bunch of ATVs and snowmobiles and stuff, and we'd bring them out in the lake to go do fun shit, and do donuts, and drift around, and you can get your snowmobile up to like crazy fucking top speed on ice because it's really grippy um but one of the takeaways was you always have there has to be someone else on the lake with a slightly heavier vehicle than you so if someone's out there with a utv and you go out there with an atv you'll be fine wait what does the guy with the utv do though he's fucked (laughs) (laughs) you just know that if he falls in you gotta pull ass to shore right that so that's mean like what happens if one goes in? Like, does everybody just flip out and, like, run off the lake? Yeah, Or do they, they, like, well, wait? I think, I think there's, like, a, we'll call it a newsletter or someone. Like, the people in who study the lake give out, the city will give out and be like, ice is this thick, you're good to go out Or there. Or you're just not an idiot, and they make stuff through the end of drill bits that you drill down into yeah. the ice. We always had one of these. And yeah. you pull it and out, and it tells you the depth, depth. of it, and yeah. then it's like... Here's if you can drive what you can drive on. And then on you it, put it right? on like a chart, and it's just right. Like... And it's like super easy to understand. Still though, like how do you, how do you not have anxiety at least a little bit? Because you have AAA. Oh, God. And good like insurance. You sink your well, car. Your well, whole you ever... car would be gone. Gone. AAA. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know. Maybe we need to try out ice fishing sometime. Oh, I, hunting and ice fishing. Now I, we need to do things. lazy boy ice fishing. Yeah, see, I, I love my that version of ice fishing. There has got to be glamp ice fishing out glamp there. There 100% is. Glishing. Glishing. There we go. Brand it now. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Trademark. Trademark that shit. 
Um, that's amazing. I think that would be awesome. Like, I would totally love to be in, like, there's carpeting down. You can kick your feet up by the fire. There's, like, a hot shower in the back. Right. There's, like, someone giving you, like, a massage. See, see yeah. this is how you get millennials into these sort of activities. Exactly. Come on, people. This It's not that hard. I mean, you can hook up. You got one TV, you got one TV playing sports. Just, you could be playing yeah, Fortnite. Just get a Wi-Fi generator out yeah. there. There you go. You know, it'd be, it'd be fine. And exactly. now every just tell them traditionalist. There, just tell them there's Wi-Fi and they'll come yeah, right. Yeah, valid all, point. Free Wi-Fi. Tell them there's free, free Wi-Fi Geni- and they'll come right. Genius idea. In the center of the lake, we could have like a Starbucks ice shanty. Oh, oh see? God. Now oh we're God. talking. See? see? Oh, guys, why are we not free, marketing yeah. directors? I have I, no I idea. I went in the wrong line. Of, why did I go into finance? Damn it. Anna, why do we do engineering? This is No this idea. Is... We're the idea people, I guess. Steph, do you have a non-sponsor of the week? I do have a non-sponsor right, of the well, week. All right, bring us to our non-sponsor of the week. Steph, who do we got this to, this week? This week, we are sponsored, non-sponsored by Canned Uranium Ore off Amazon.com. <laughs> what? $39.95 will get you a can of uranium ore. What the that, hell? Wait, what is that used that's, for? That's legal? What do they do? What do you, what do you, what do you do? The description. No chemical or spectral analysis is performed on the radioactive one sample. So the source of the ore's radioactivity is not determined and may be any of or any number of radioactive elements such as uranium, thorium, and potassium and any of their decay products such as radium and radon. How, how is this legal? Actual fuck. Radioactive ore sample size and CPM activity will vary. Shipped in labeled metal container as shown. What? So, you know, they're always in compliance with the NRC Nuclear Regulatory Commission <laughs> rules and regulations, and the Postal Service rules and regulations specified in Article wow. Forty Nine for activity limits of low-level radioactive no, material. I, that that sounds really exciting, um, but I don't want cancer. So yeah. it's used. Uh, what do you What do you do with it? You just pass. say can, you have it. No, yes. it's for testing Geiger counters and performing nuclear experiments. Oh, of course. Mm. See, now you just on. turned it all to be like okay, <laughs> like this is just scientists. Wait, so oh, performing can use it for my Geiger counter. Yeah, yeah Wait, like performing nuclear experiments is just like a normal thing. No, I mean like then you know, I I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know I anyone like, who would need that. I feel like you order this off of Amazon and you order like more than one. One of these I think is a joke. You order more than one of these, you have the FBI, Homeland Security, and the ATF <laughs> breathing down your yeah. fucking doorstep. Will, the, your name is going to be highlighted oh, somewhere. Oh, right. 100%. But fun fact, they're in stock. Okay. Well, that's good. Right, right, well, right in time for Christmas, everybody. Right, exactly. Right. Great stocking stuffer. You know what your weird uncle needs? Candy uranium. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Steph, for our not sponsor of the week. But next, mm-hmm. all right, so we have our our stupid state news of the week. Yes. All right, so today's uh, state news of the week comes from the great state of New Jersey. Oh, Jersey. baby. Hell yeah. I think you guys are going to like this one. So this is the headline. New Jersey, uh, New Jersey man faces DUI charge, allegedly tells cops he drank too much. Because the Jets suck. The goddamn <laughs> Jets. That's what? a bar stool thing. But damn it, that's well, fucking funny. NBC. <laughs> what? Also, look at the smile on this guy's face. <laughs> that son of a bitch is proud. He is he, a proud he, motherfucker. He's... 
It's like a weird, like, I got caught <laughs> sniffing my girlfriend's underwear kind of smile. Oh, my God. I'd just like to point out, this guy does have a goatee and, like, just the biggest grin on his face. And it is exactly who I thought a New Jersey man with a DUI would look Can like. Can I make one point, though? If your team sucked as bad as the Jets, I feel like you could make that argument. That's true. They did lose to the Bills this week and got, like, <laughs> blown out. Oh man, R.I.P. the rest of that season. Also, let's just, I'd uh, like to point out that this guy was charged with uh, facing assault by auto, possession of marijuana, possession of drug uh, paraphernalia, driving under the influence, uh, reckless driving, and open container of alcohol in a motor vehicle. So this guy's uh, test results indicated a blood alcohol content of 0.13%. Woo, baby! Or 0.13. Isn't it like 0.2 you die? Um, I think it's like 0.32. Oh, is it? Okay. What, it was totally he's in the he's that, in the pretty damn close to comatose state at that point. Yeah, you know? yeah, maybe well, it's point... 0.08 is legally drunk. Right, right, right. And then you're supposed to like pass out at like 0.16. I think is the scale. maybe that was more challenge accepted. And we're back. So, guys, I have one more topic. Uh, I want to bring this up to our hunting bit here. Nice. So, I'm going to say two words, uh, or I'm going to ask your opinion uh, on the, this, and I feel like this might, uh, hopefully this doesn't blow up into something <laughs> hu too huge. Oh, so boy. So, what's your guys' take on trophy hunting? Mm. I actually have a pretty good opinion on this one. You want to start then, Steph? I, I can. I, in general, am okay with it from the perspective of this. Okay, and you have to look at it in context. So in con in certain contexts, I think trophy hunting is genuinely a good thing. So for example, you look at elephant hunting, okay? There's only, legally, there's only like X amount that they'll give off a year that allow to do it. Mm -hmm. They harvest all the meat and it's on God leaks. I mean, you're spending a quarter of a million dollars to go do it. Right. And so you're getting the place that you're doing this at is getting all of this money that mm -hmm. usually goes towards conservation or helping whatever you're paying a guide you're paying someone to make you food you're paying uh someone you know you're, for shelter and you're paying you have to get a very specialized gun for a lot of these things so you're paying a holland in holland or you're paying a krieg off or you're paying one of these specialized gun manufacturers an exorbitant amount of money just to like get out there um so from that perspective it's very regulated and because yeah. of the regulation, I think it's genuinely a good thing. And of because of the revenue it brings in, I think that, it's also a good thing. That's like exactly where I'm. I stand on it. It's one of those things. It's like you know, it has it has obviously bad optics, right? But it, I feel like there's a lot of misunderstanding of how this industry works because you know, in the right situation and right um, context, it's very good for a lot of these communities. Because a lot of people like to point out, like, oh, you know, they're ruining, like, rhinos or something. Like, oh, they're ruining, uh, at least there's only, like, 5,000 left of these in the world. And, like, uh, no. So, the people who are killing, or, or the reason these things are, some of these animals are going extinct is because of poachers. Who fly in on helicopters, shoot with uh, automatic rifles, and then swoop in with a chainsaw to buzz off their horns and then fly off. They literally can do that whole operation in like 15 minutes. Right. Those are the people you that are the problem, not trophy hunters. Trophy hunters, all that money goes into protecting against poachers. Well, that's the, right. Exactly. That's the thing. It's uh, There was a discussion about this that I watched a, while, a little while ago 
where they were talking about how not only does it provide jobs for people, mm. um, but there's value added then to that animal and preserving the life of that animal because they will be paid by someone yeah. eventually. So there's grounds that are kept and then the poachers are then kept out and away from these animals. They're safe from poachers yeah. because they're kept. There's there's an incentive for the locals to Correct. protect those animals. Right. Right, exactly. So I think that, the, like, I'm not condoning... <sighs> I personally, on a personal level, have an issue with someone just wanting to go and slaughter an animal for its head. But if you think about it more logically, yeah. you know, if that person's coming, all the money that they're giving to the community and to the people that they are providing them with that trip, and then the protection that they're providing for the animals um, through this, and then mm -hmm. if truly they do go to the, the locals that harvest the meat and feed their community as well, there's a lot of positive aspects yeah. to that. I feel like that a lot of people have too much emotion caught right. up in this kind of controversy, and it's understandable. Obviously, you know there are a lot of animal lovers, especially with these exotic animals. Mm -hmm. Right, I agree. But I think people fail to understand. Like, first off, there's only so many that are available to be hunted per year. It's very, it's That's very why it's small so expensive. amount. That's why it's right. so expensive. Right. And they choose those, and you they choose a specific animal. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, there's this elephant that is okay. And they chose that elephant because it's usually because, oh, he's male, he's gone sterile, um, and now he's killing other baby like elephants or other mm -hmm. elephants. So he's become more of a danger to the elephant population than a benefit. So that's like how they choose. The, so they're right. So getting rid of them is better than leaving them where he is. It's not like a true trophy hunter is not someone going out there and just taking pot shots at a group of animals. They're going to try to, they have that one that it's been pre-selected. It's been pre-selected for probably about a year. Cause they have to, oh, yeah. in advance, they have to get all this paperwork done. Then they go out and then it's the guide's job to single out that animal. So yeah. then they got a good shot on it. And mm -hmm. it, it's, it's a whole you know, intricate and it's a, it can be a multi-year process right. just to get one elephant or one, mm -hmm. you know, whatever zebra or whatever. Well, the other kind of point that goes along with that is just with people against hunting in general, we have this concept in society, especially if you were raised away from, how do I put this natural wildlife or something like that? Um, there are stuffed animals, you know, they're, they've been, yeah. we've, society has they turned them into these adorable things that everybody wants to be friends with and love and, oh, they look so soft and furry and I just want to hug them, which I am totally guilty of wanting to do that. <laughs> However, realistically, these animals will fucking kill you. Right. It's if, not a corgi. Right. Right. They will kill you. Like the, you know, there right. was a guy not too long ago that got mauled to death by a bear because he was trying to take a selfie with it. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't be an idiot. I shouldn't laugh at that. <laughs> I mean, it's, if you're it's that kind fucking of one stupid, of those, I'm like, sorry. It's kind of one of those morbidly yeah. funny things because, yeah, for anyone who's been raised to respect wildlife, which I think we all have been, yeah. it's, you would never ever do something like that i think it's it's all yeah and i think it's because a lot of people the only experience they i was fortunate enough i grew up on a farm so mm -hmm. like i got to experience all this crap but 
most people, their only experience outside of going to the zoo is their dog, Carol, mm-hmm. or their <laughs> yeah. cat, Susan. That's it. Great pet name. Right. I did the right. The, they're coming right. back, and man. again, it's like a, it's an emotional response. Mm-hmm. Comes to right, and they're like, "Oh, my dog loves me." Spe- and, and- especially with that uh, Cecil the lion situation, oh, yeah. where that one—it's one of those. It's almost like I don't want to say an outlier, but it's one of those things where it's like, "Oh, that guy would like did that was ve- in a very illegal way, like." He was oh, did not, he? Could, no, yeah. Yeah, was, that one was wrong. It was outside of the range or something, um, and it was on a preserve. Oh, yeah, he like, snuck onto a preserve and killed this thing. It wow. was not a lion he was supposed to kill. Holy shit. And it was like some dentist in Minnesota. <laughs> Damn dentists. <laughs> dentists. <laughs> huh. Wow, I can't believe I didn't know so that. So it's, it's one of those yeah. things like we we can all accept like yeah it's not perfect it's not a perfect system no. there, there, there's obviously bad people out there but let's not discredit the true merits this sort of industry has i think it, i think in general the benefits tend to outweigh the odds in this because mm-hmm. regardless if you take trophy hunting away you're still gonna have people that poach yeah and oh, then yeah. that means that there's just no revenue it's, coming in to yeah. fight it right that's really exactly. what it comes down to yeah, there's no other means to stop poachers. It's really hard to. Right. And, and now what you have is if you take that trophy hunting away, all those former people mm-hmm. who used to like protect animals are involved. They're just like they have no other forms of income. So they're forced to like go in, into helping poachers. Uh, yeah, I'm actually pretty sure that they there is a significant portion of poachers that then go to like they'll go to those people after well no they'll they'll work on these um i don't know what you'd call them reservations yeah reservations i guess or whatever you want to say i'm being totally naive i guess kind of a little bit but they're like the other thing and i'm not condoning anything that they do but the other thing i think we neglect to think about is that sometimes people do shit to survive yeah like well that's like the locals too they're like you know they don't give a you don't give a rat's ass how many rhinos are on Earth. You know they're like, dude, I just want to feed my family. Right, exactly. Well, you can't. That's the thing. It's like you can't. The amazing, wonderful thing that we were blessed with being having grown up in America, yeah, and in such a privileged lifestyle is that we we have no concept yeah. really most of the, us the, the i shouldn't say of like not, survival right you know? most like of us like basic even, survival even yeah. if you think about like not to be hopefully i won't come off insensitive at all but if even if you think about our homeless population here you know it's nothing right there's at least like some having... level of support <laughs> yeah right. well, i'm not saying it's good but there is at least or some level access yeah. to You're... decent food like right. Even if you dig through our trashes, yeah, right. homeless you, people aren't going out there hunting. Right. You, know, elk. you don't see a guy on like Fifth Avenue in New York with a slingshot pegging yeah. squirrels, right? You know. Um, well, that's an interesting thing. So one of the things that I think I'm gonna, I want to do an up, one of these upcoming years is dove hunting. And dove a friend of mine does that. Dove hunting is fascinating because you have to go. You fly down to Argentina. You it's. Kind of, you stay in like a nice hotel and you have to get a specialized shotgun for wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. I'm pretty sure that this person dove hunts here. That would be, this is a different kind of dove hunting animal. <laughs> oh, so I'm sorry. To do this, this is true I've dove hunting. You go down to like Argentina or wherever um, and they take you out in these trucks and you have to get a specialized shotgun because you're shooting on average. Um, it's like, it's absurd. It's like 
five to ten thousand rounds of ammo a day. Whoa. What? Because it's there's, there's flocks of doves. Yeah. I mean, you're you're kill like. So can't you just take a shotgun and yeah, nail a what couple at the same time? That's so what you what um what a lot of people do is they have they get Benelli actually makes a custom shotgun just for this. Yeah. And what they do is they'll buy two of them and four barrels. And then they'll have a bucket of ice next to them, and they'll shoot. And when their gun gets too hot, they hand it to the guy who takes the barrel off, dumps it in ice, and slaps a new barrel wow. on. So hmm. this this gun is basically like a semi-automatic. Just pretty just much bump, 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 all like. you're doing. Yeah, and you really don't. There's just the skies turn black, and just doves come. Really. And our um, next door neighbor did this, and he was like, "It was amazing." I mean, he was like, "We we put over three days. He's like, we put down like an astronomical amount of doves." And he's like, "And we ate them, and it was great." But he goes, "Every single dove that we didn't eat went directly to the village." Mm -hmm. And he was like, "It got passed out," and he's like, "They were all gone in the course of like three days." Wow, wow, because they they would have like a ceremony whenever one of the or like a party whenever one of these hunters from America or whoever from around the world mm -hmm. came there because they're like. We're having a shitload of food. Right. Um, and I think that's one of those things that, like, it, it gets glossed over when people talk about, like, high-volume hunting like that. They're like, yeah. oh, it's bad. It's stripping the population. Well, it's, it's one, there's just an absurdly high amount of oh, doves, doves in that area. <laughs> Two, it's just, it's feeding a ton of people yeah. with relative ease. Right. And it's something that right. they don't have to pay for. They just show up and it's there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's genuinely, like, a kind of good thing if you think about it it's a weird form of charity almost at that yeah. point it is a weird form of charity it's a really weird form of charity yeah when someone's like <laughs> i'm gonna have i'm gonna is spend like ten thousand like dollars in super south of argentina mm -hmm. yeah okay. it's like in the That's southern chunk of argentina mm -hmm. but like i mean the pictures that i was like the patagonia area or... i don't know if it was Patagonia. i don't know i and my geography on that i know it's long and i know it's in <laughs> south america um just not as skinny as chile right but the pictures I saw, I mean, the scars would be black. Really? Just black with doves. That's crazy. And it was like, it was during their like migration season or whatever mm -hmm. the hell doves do. And I just, to me, I, he was like, yeah, and it, it ends up being like a a giving back sort of thing. Yeah. And he's like, it's kind of humbling by the end to see like all these people end up yeah. thanking you, which mm -hmm. he's like, when I signed up for this, it was going on a vacation. Yeah. Right. For fun. For fun. And then it comes back as like a really humbling experience. Yeah. And I'm like. That's uh, kind of yeah, cool. That's a great example of how much, like, how much hunting and feeds into like a community. Mm -hmm. If it's done properly, absolutely. If, yeah, if it's done properly, how much it it has a net positive effect on. People. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, I think that wraps it up here for this week on Millennials Ruin. Uh, Steph, do you have a fun fact of the day for us? All right, I do, and this one's a weird one. Two-thirds of the world's eggplant population is grown in New Jersey. What? You know, after reading this story, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. Follow us on whatever uh, uh, place you normally use to get your podcast. I was going to say, which we're not on. Thank you guys for joining us. We will see you next week. Stay frosty. Stay frosty.